Rack's post-op podcast is brought to you with the compliments of the Royal Australasian College of Surgeons and leading financial services organisation, the Bongiorno National Network, the preferred choice for medical professionals across Australia. Providing feedback to surgical trainees is important for their professional development, but it's not always easy to deliver, particularly when a trainee is not responding or is not meeting the required professional standard. So how do you handle those challenging conversations? Sydney neurosurgeon Andrew Davidson says there are steps you can follow, which he highlights in a moment. Andrew was Associate Professor at Macquarie University and has been involved in education and training at RAX's Foundation Skills for Surgical Educators course for several years. He's a key educator with the new Advanced Feedback in Surgical course and the Surgical Teachers course, which is currently being revised. Chris Ashmore asks Andrew Davidson, why is providing feedback important? Ideally, feedback's a two-way process where our learners are given information about their activities in order to improve. It's part of an iterative or repeated process that allows our learners to understand the similarities and differences between the desired standard of performance that's set by the college and an observed standard. Basically, it provides our learners with a comparison between where they are now and where they want to be in the future. It's part of their learning process. It's part of improving. And in our particular circumstances as fellows of the college, uh, the learner is usually a surgical trainee and the observer is usually a surgical trainer or educator or a supervisor of training. Well, in terms of providing feedback, what would you suggest is the first step in approaching trainees? Well, I guess first of all, we need to set the scene and it's about establishing a culture of feedback within your organisation so that there is trust established between trainees and supervisors so that the feedback process can occur in an effective manner and in a safe environment. Part of setting the scene is making sure that the trainee is prepared to participate in the feedback process. So it has to be a two-way process. It can't just be one surgeon delivering feedback to a trainee, there has to be a dialogue. You also need to look at yourself and see whether you as a supervisor are prepared at that point in time to give feedback. And there might be reasons why it's not an appropriate time to deliver feedback if it's immediately after an adverse event, or if there is a lot of emotion or anger or disagreements, it might be best to let the dust settle and arrange a time for feedback shortly afterwards. It's also about setting the scene. It's also about having the right physical environment and there certainly needs to be an appropriate physical environment for the feedback to be given in a private confidential manner rather than in a public location or out in the open. So that's really the first step is setting the culture of an organisation and then making sure that you set the scene for delivering effective feedback. Well, conversations come with their own degree of difficulty, uh, depending on the topic. What are some kinds of challenging conversations team leaders might sometimes need to have with trainees? Giving feedback when a learner is performing well is really easy. Um, It's still an important process, but I don't think many of us struggle to give good feedback. But difficult circumstances occur where a trainee is failing to meet required standards. And this is where feedback is really important in trying to correct the trainee, point them in the direction that they need to be heading and helping them to improve their performance. The majority of trainees respond well to feedback on their performance and they reflect upon the 
advice that's given to them and they make the necessary changes to improve. But an extreme example of where there may be a degree of difficulty or a very challenging conversation might be where a trainee has failed to respond to multiple efforts to provide feedback and uh, it may be coming up to an end-of-term assessment or a summative assessment where they are not performing at a standard that's required and they may need to be removed from a training environment or from a training program altogether. I want to stress this is the minority of cases, but they're the most challenging conversations that we have to have with trainees sometimes. Mm. And how do you prepare for a challenging conversation? Well, as setting the scene, it's really important that both you as the supervisor and the trainee are prepared for that feedback conversation. It's important to make sure that there's no physical or emotional or personal factors that uh, may be contributing. For example, the health of a trainee, if they've been unwell and that's contributing to their poor performance, then it's important that you look for those sorts of signs and offer them help, point them in the direction of a medical practitioner. If there are personal or uh, factors from outside of the hospital, have a chat to them and see if you can point them in the direction of someone that can advise them because feedback is not likely to be effective when there are personal or external factors that are intervening and contributing to the poor performance. It's also really important that you're ready and prepared for the feedback, that you've uh, practised how to give difficult feedback, you've tried some of the models of giving feedback and that you're prepared for an environment that may not go as smoothly as you'd expected. It's important that you've got factual information at hand and that includes having a copy of the required standards or the training standards in front of you and that you can actually refer to specific observed examples of trainee behaviour rather than generalities about someone's performance. It's also important to prepare the environment and as I mentioned earlier, having this sort of conversation in the tea room where there's other staff around is completely inappropriate. Uh, It's important that you have an environment that is uh, private, confidential, uh, that the trainee sees as being a safe environment so that the physical environment doesn't impede the feedback conversation. It's always important that you prepare for the fact that it may be a challenging conversation if it's a high stakes feedback conversation such as an end of term assessment. It may be important to have independent observers or offer the trainee to have a support person with them. That wouldn't be routine for a first up feedback session, but if there's been a pattern of behaviour, then it may be necessary to bring other independent people into the feedback environment. And it's also important that you've got the knowledge and the facts in front of you regarding your hospital's requirements, that the college and especially training board requirements are are available for you to refer to. And in the extreme example, that you're aware if there is any legal action pending so that you can seek legal advice if that's the level to which it's been escalated. Again, that's a minority of cases, but uh, these are the challenging areas where uh, supervisors are very concerned. What are some factors that might impact on a conversation and what options can you use during a challenging talk? It really depends on the circumstances behind that particular feedback session. So if it's a trainee who's performing well and there is a general agreement between the trainee and the supervisor that their work is going well, then it's often a fairly straightforward process. But the challenging feedback sessions are the ones where you need a little bit more preparation and you might need to use some more advanced options. So it's important to be aware of the trainee's expectations. Um, Ask them how they feel they're performing allow them to provide conversation and their input into the feedback dialogue. 
It's important to know whether they've had previous feedback from you or from others within your organisation. And it's important to take into consideration how they've responded during those previous conversations. Like I mentioned earlier, it's important to check whether there are any extenuating or mitigating circumstances, either related to physical health, mental health or uh, external circumstances. It may be that trainee safety is an issue. And if you've got a trainee at risk, then it's important not to be pursuing the feedback pathway, uh, but to be providing support to that trainee where necessary. It may be that patient safety is an issue and that there is a need to remove a trainee from a training environment for the sake of patient safety. And so these are important factors that need to impact upon your decision about how and when and where to do a, a session it's also important to consider what are the consequences for the trainee. Is it a, a low stakes, formative feedback session where you're providing advice to a trainee? Uh, or is it an end of term summative feedback session where they're really concerned about passing or failing a particular term? You may also need to know whether the trainee is already on probation, which really does increase the stakes of the conversation. And do you have an example of a challenging talk and, and how a leader should handle it? I probably won't go into individual true examples, but having a challenging conversation with trainees can really cover any of the nine college competencies where they may be exhibiting poor performance at work or displaying unprofessional behaviours. And this can range from anything from being late for clinical commitments, being rude to patients or their families, being rude to colleagues, medical and nursing staff. It can relate to laziness and poor performance in written and verbal communication, or it can be a, a lack of medical knowledge or poor technical skills. And if any any of these circumstances exist, then it can result in a challenging conversation. I would say that what's important in that sort of scenario where there is an underperformance would be important to intervene early, provide multiple opportunities for feedback to try and prevent the poor performance from escalating, identify if there are any health issues or external issues that might be resulting in that poor performance, particularly if a well-performing trainee has started to perform badly, and then to follow the structure and the and the advice that we've talked about earlier. It's important to have all of the, the facts available. You need to refer to the training standards and have direct evidence of trainees' performance. Using broad generalisations like you're just not up to standard or I've heard bad things about your performance uh, makes it very difficult to justify the difficult conversations. It's important to prepare for the session, practice what you're going to say, use a recognised model of feedback so that you are ready for the sort of conversations it needs to be a two-way dialogue. And so the trainee should be given an opportunity to provide their perspective on their own performance. Give them time to speak. Um, don't interrupt them. Allow them to reflect upon what's gone well and what's gone badly. If things do escalate, it's important to give uh, feedback on the specific behaviours and not to be critical of a trainee in general. Um, again, the, the worst thing you can say is you're just a bad trainee or you're hopeless, whereas what you need to do is focus the attention on the actions and the behaviours and the performance of the trainee. It's essential as a supervisor that you remain calm and respectful of the situation. Don't allow emotional outbursts to distract you. Don't escalate the situation if emotional or angry outbursts do occur. And if it looks like the feedback session is going badly, then there's no point in persisting with it. And in that circumstance, you might suggest that to the trainee, look, we don't look like we're going to resolve this today. I think we should end the discussion now and meet together at another time. So they're the sorts of options 
solutions and uh, approaches that might need to be used uh, in a challenging conversation. Well, you may have already answered this, Andrew, but um, when it comes to providing negative feedback, what do you suggest in how to handle that? Yeah, so we have gone through a lot of those sorts of options. But one of the things, Chris, I think is important is we're trying to avoid the use of the word negative. The purpose of feedback should always be to improve the performance of a trainee. And and the supervisor and the trainee should always aim to keep this in mind during a feedback process. We should be aiming to provide effective feedback, not negative or positive feedback. And feedback that identifies major deficiencies between the desired performance and the observed performance is more challenging and it may be perceived as being negative by the trainee, but it also is an important way of identifying ways that trainees can improve. And and that should be the focus of the supervisor or the observer in the feedback process. And it leads on to one of the final components of a feedback session, which is a learning plan. Whether it's been feedback where a trainee is performing at standard or above standard, or whether it's a difficult conversation where a trainee is failing to perform at the required level, there should be a learning learning plan developed and agreed upon by both the supervisor and the trainee at the end of the feedback session that will allow the trainee the opportunity to improve. Well, in summary then, can you run us through the process with handling a challenging conversation? There's no one process that's going to work in all occasions. I mean, we all have difficult teaching environments. We all work in different circumstances and every trainee is different. For that reason, the feedback needs to be tailored to the specific circumstances and to the individual learner. Uh, However, there are some common concepts that are required for feedback to be effective. The college, in a lot of its courses, uses the set dialogue closure model for learning and teaching activities, and I find that this approach works really well for giving feedback as well. So the first part of the process is to set the scene. It involves orientating the trainee to the process, making sure that you're prepared yourself, making sure the trainee is ready to participate in that feedback process. It involves establishing an agreement on the expected standards, and that might mean having the training curriculum, the College of Surgeons framework with the college competencies or specific reference to training board requirements. And so setting the scene is the first stage of this process. The next stage is dialogue and that needs to use a feedback model to provide structured feedback as part of the dialogue. It's really important that the trainee has an opportunity to speak and have their opinion listened to and taken into consideration. But during that dialogue between trainee and supervisor is where you establish areas where there's a performance gap. And then the closure is really looking at that performance gap and identifying learning plans that will allow improvement in performance to try and address the performance gap. As part of the closure, it's important to agree to a follow-up meeting to examine whether progress has been made or whether the trainee is continuing to underperform. And finally, and something that I haven't talked about but I think is really important, is that it's essential to document this process so that there is a record of the feedback that's been given to a trainee, about the trainee's response to that feedback and about the learning plan and follow-up arrangements that are made. Well, if a fellow or leader needs further help with providing feedback, what can they do? 
The college has created the Foundation Skills for Surgical Educators course several years ago, and most trainees in the college have done this. And it touches on feedback techniques using a recognised model, the Pendleton model. But it's not the only model. And so the college, in response to feedback from its fellows, is in the process of uh, delivering an advanced feedback for Surgical Educators course. That's going to provide supervisors and trainers with additional training and information in using advanced feedback techniques. It's also helpful, I guess, to speak to others within your organisation that might have additional experience in having challenging conversations with trainees, and that might be the hospital director of training or a senior colleague within your department or the director of surgery. See whether they've got advice and strategies to help you get through the feedback process. For non-college learners, so people that don't fall under the auspices of the College of Surgeons, it might be a, a resident doctor, it might be a fellow, then hospital HR departments are often the source of a lot of valuable information with regards to trainees' uh, responses to difficult feedback sessions or failure to perform at the required level. The college has got a lot of resources available online and it would be important to check out the college website for more details on these sorts of areas and especially training boards who are generally responsible for providing and supervising the, the training and the curriculum for most of the specialty areas will have specific requirements and, and information available. And so there's a wide range of people and resources that can provide additional information if you need any help in providing feedback, particularly in the difficult circumstances circumstances. Associate Professor Andrew Davidson. RAC's post-op podcast is brought to you with the compliments of the Royal Australasian College of Surgeons and leading financial services organisation, the Bongiorno National Network, the preferred choice for medical professionals across Australia. You can reach the Bongiorno National Network on plus 613 9863 3111.